Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250. And say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. So a couple years ago, I hit 40 years old, and man, did things change. I didn't have the same strength and vitality that I had before, and I didn't have what I wanted, and that was the ability to work out and have a blast doing it. So then the pounds started packing on. Well, thank goodness I found Chalk, C-H-O-Q, and they're helping real American men just like you maximize your masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the Chalk Vitality Stack for over a year now, and not only am I working out, I've now lost 50 pounds. So if you're ready to maximize your masculinity today, go to Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and use promo code Ben for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com, code Ben, limited time offer. Subscription is cancelable at any time. Chalk.com. Just when you think Hollywood can't sink any lower, one of the biggest studios in town pushes pedophilia, and another huge Hollywood studio sucks up to one of the worst regimes on earth. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'm Michael Knowles, joined as ever by the senator. I do want to get to Cuties. I do want to get to Mulan. But first, there is some breaking legal news. And I guess we're going to be talking about the legality of everything. Actually, two bits of news that involve you, Senator. One is your new book, your upcoming book, One Vote Away, how a single Supreme Court seat can change history. That is coming out in about three weeks. And then related to that, 
you have been added to the shortlist, to the president's shortlist for the Supreme Court. So I have to ask you, will you be that one seat that can change history? No, I'm, I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm very happy where I am. Come on. Uh, you're not going to do it. But it it matters immensely. I, yeah. I don't want the job, but 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 I do care a great deal about who gets it. Mm. And 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 that book that, that's a book I've been working on uh, really since this spring. I spent the spring and summer during lockdown writing it. And uh, and actually, the, the copy you're holding is the first hard copy I've actually seen that it is like a physical, real right. book. We, <laughs> yeah. we literally just got that a few minutes ago. Cool. Uh, October 6th is when it's going to be released, although it's on Amazon now for pre-order. It's also, uh, if you go to onevoteaway.com, that'll connect you to Amazon. You can pre-order it there. And, and what the book does is it really goes through all of the fundamental constitutional liberties that are hanging in the balance at the court. And, and each chapter in the book uh, is a different constitutional liberty. So there's a chapter on free speech. There's a chapter on religious liberty. There's a chapter on the Second Amendment. There's a chapter on U.S. sovereignty. Uh, there's a chapter on politics and elections that talks in, in depth about Bush versus Gore, hmm. something that, that could well uh, be highly relevant uh, in another two months, as we see Democrats in all likelihood litigating the results of this election, you could you could have Bush versus Gore times fifty uh, right? all over the place yeah. in multiple jurisdictions. And and what the book tries to do is just uh, it tells the inside stories yep. of the major landmark cases, many of which I, I was I helped litigate, and yeah. so I was <laughs> I was in the middle of a lot of these cases, and so. Bush versus Gore, I was a young lawyer as part of George W. Bush's legal team. So I tell the inside stories. And, you know, it's designed to be interesting, to be accessible. You don't have to be a lawyer to read it. it it's designed to really tell you, all right, what's what's going on in these cases? What's going on at the court? Why do I, as an American, care about yeah. uh, Supreme Court nominations? And, and what's stunning, and most people don't realize, is just how many of our fundamental liberties are hanging by a single vote, uh, either positive or negative. In some cases, one additional conservative vote would make a really positive difference. Uh, in a whole lot of other instances, one additional liberal vote. We have four radical leftist justices on the court. One more, I, I think, would be devastating. And, and I don't think it's too much of an overstatement to say uh, that that may well be the single most important issue in this this 2020 election. This is the problem, and it's why I like the idea of you, Senator, on the Supreme Court, because, you know, we've had a lot of conservatives go squishy once they get onto the court. But, of course, uh, we also need you in the Senate. We also need you in the political I, fights. I like being in the political fight. Yeah. I, I like being uh, – and the court's the wrong place to do that. Yeah. If I were a justice – I'd stay out of political fights. I'd stay out of policy fights. I, I, a, a principled judge doesn't engage in that. You simply follow the law. That's what I'd do if I were a justice. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to be right in the middle of the fight. And I got to tell you, I look at the Senate. I look at the political scene. We need fighters right now. Yeah. Um, I think what we're doing on, on this podcast, I, I hope, makes a difference, uh, engaging on issues that matter. Uh, and so I hope to be part of, of nominating and confirming two, three, four, five great principled constitutionalist justices, but but I don't want to be one of them myself. All right. So I will stop for now pressuring you <laughs> to uh, accept a potential Supreme Court nomination. I do want to get to one of those fights that, that uh, you're involved in now, which is this issue of Cuties. Yeah. Cuties is this French movie that 
sexualizes 11-year-old girls. And it's now on Netflix. Netflix is promoting this thing like crazy. The poster is nauseating. The movie is nauseating. You came out very strongly and called for a Justice Department investigation into whether this is, what, child pornography or yeah. exploitation? Can, can you can you lay down the legal aspect of this? So last week I wrote a letter uh, to Attorney General Barr and to the Department of Justice asking the Department of Justice to investigate uh, whether Netflix has violated any of the criminal laws prohibiting the distribution of child pornography. Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. So this movie is all about 11-year-old girls, and, and the actresses, as I understand it, are 11-year-old girls yeah. who are dancing suggestively, dancing like strippers engaged in sexually explicit uh, conduct on screen. And, and Netflix, a U.S. company, is, is promoting it and pushing it, and that's not okay. Yeah. Sexually exploiting uh, – look, I'm the dad of two little girls. Yeah. Uh, abusing kids is not okay, and, and just because Netflix is now one of the Hollywood elite – uh, everyone treats it as perfectly fine to take out – to produce a movie and distribute a movie where kids are being sexually exploited. And and and, and that is a, a federal crime to sexually exploit children. Well, here's what Netflix is saying. Netflix says this is completely misunderstood. A lot of prominent left-wingers are saying this too. It's completely being misunderstood by right-wingers who haven't seen the movie. And this puts conservatives in a terrible box because – from everything we know about the movie, we don't want to watch it, right? But then you're told that, well, if you haven't watched it and you can't have an opinion on it, I, I had no intention of watching this movie. But, you know, I work for a news outlet. I was told by my editor that I had to watch the movie. I said, I don't want to watch it. This is disgusting. I don't want to. They said, no, you have to watch it to give a review of it. So I, I was on vacation for a week. I was there with my wife and two of our friends. So we say, okay, put the movie on. It is as bad as they say. It, it is true that one of the messages of the movie, perhaps, is that it's bad to sexually exploit kids. The problem is, in conveying possibly that message, the movie sexually exploits kids. You, I mean, there are moments you have to look away. My friend's fiance, when we were watching this, stormed out of the room in tears. It was that nauseating. How do we fight that? So, look, I, I haven't watched the movie. I'm not I, going I don't to recommend watch it. the movie. Uh, yeah. Um, and I get, and it's an odd thing that the sort of Twitter world of the blue checkmark journalists that are all defending kitty porn. Yeah, I, you know the law matters, and 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 there actually is. So so, so my letter to to Attorney General Barr explicitly yeah. cites the the federal statute. Let me tell you what the federal statute provides. Yeah. So it's eighteen U.S.C. section twenty two fifty two, and it says that any person who knowingly transports or ships using any means or facility of interstate or foreign commerce, any visual depiction, if the producing of such visual depiction involves the use of a minor engaging in sexually explicit content. So this is the question, because when I watch it, I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, the one good thing I can say about the movie is they're not nude, right? But it is licentious. It, there is no question it is exploitative. So, and the statute doesn't require that they be nude. It, re, it, it prohibits distributing materials that have children engaging in sexually explicit content is, is the language of the statute. And, and the punishment under yeah. the statute for violating it uh, is that you'll be fined under this title and imprisoned not less than five years and not more than 20 years. But here's something interesting, Michael. Yeah. 
there's actually an aggravator in the statute hmm. that says if the child or children in question have not attained 12 years of age, that the punishment is actually increased to a minimum of 10 years and a maximum of 20 years. So in this case, we know they're 11-year-old children. There's yep. no dispute about that. Yep. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if the depictions satisfy the requirements of the statute for sexually explicit conduct. But you know what? It's not my job as a, as a right. U.S. senator to investigate that. It is the Department of Justice's yeah. job. So I asked them, I, I, look, I don't know if this violates the law or not. Yeah. There's certainly a prima facie case. We know they're children. Yeah. The ads they're putting out are explicitly sexual on the yeah. face of it. Yeah. And, you know, there was one one professor who tweeted back at me and said, well, you know, Cruz doesn't understand this is a French film. Um, and you <laughs> know, that's the excuse. <laughs> well, it was kind of interesting, A, because my letter explicitly references that it's a French yeah. film. So, so the professor, and this says something about the state of our academy, hadn't bothered to read my letter, but instead was happy to criticize it. Of course, yeah. Uh, but number two, it, it, it actually, the, 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 the child pornography laws in the U.S. Yeah. don't give you a blank pass if it happens to be produced overseas. Of it doesn't matter where child porn is produced. Yeah. If you're distributing it, it is a felony. And by the way, Netflix is a multi-billion dollar corporation. These guys are getting rich. This is a major for-profit endeavor. And, you know, one of the people who has been completely silenced on this is Barack Obama. And who, who has a deal with Netflix and not a small deal. Yeah, I mean, right. according to the public reporting, he's been paid, what, 50 million dollars from Netflix. At least. Yeah. So he is literally making tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. And is completely silent on is he OK with with a company that is distributing at a minimum sexual exploitation of children. Yeah. That, that's kind of the bare minimum. And 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 there there are a couple of reasons Look, it, it is a reasonable question to say, all right, what is permissible? What is art? What is free speech? Those, what, is, what is pornography? Th right? Those can be complicated questions. But but and, and listen, on the question uh, of of free speech and sexual conduct, what consenting adults do yeah. is their business. Hmm. I, you know, consenting adults want to do something, knock yourself out. You, you got a right yeah. to do whatever you want. Well, on this issue of consenting adults, actually, this ties in with another very, very creepy thing that's going on now being pushed by Democrats in California. It's called SB 145. Uh, Gavin Newsom just signed it into law. This basically says that if a 24-year-old man has sex with a 14-year-old boy, he does not have to register as a sex offender. What is going on? I mean, what is that about? And how, how is that legal? I guess, because it, it, obviously the 14-year-old is not a consenting adult. Well, today's Democratic Party, and this was pushed by the Democratic supermajorities in the California legislature. It was signed by the Democratic governor of California. To the best of my knowledge, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been utterly silent on it. If they said anything on it, I certainly haven't seen it. Yeah. But, but it, it, it is normalizing child abuse. And, yeah. and, and what it's saying, listen, a 24-year-old having sex with a 14-year-old is not okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, under the law, 14-year-olds, young children, are not permissibly allowed to consent. You have two adults, they can, yeah. they can consent to whatever they want, but children don't, by, by definition. Have, yeah. don't have the legal ability to consent. And the problem is the left, 
they're normalizing. It's why you see the media, they don't want to be critical of this Netflix movie because it suggests there are any standards or lines that can't be crossed. But when you produce a movie like, like this cuties movie, number one, it, it, look, you got to think every pedophile in America is going to watch this movie. Yeah. That, that this is titillation that, that, that will encourage and drive more pedophilia. But it also, we know of at least some children who were directly harmed by this movie. And those are the child actresses, yeah. the 11-year-olds who are being asked by their producer, asked by the director to engage in sexually explicit conduct. And, and, and under the law, there is no First Amendment right to film kitty porn, to distribute kitty porn, that when you're abusing a child, yeah. uh, the, the usual response is, is, is that you're prosecuted and locked up in jail. And, he, and that's here, designed to protect kids. But here's what they say, right? Uh, they'll say, well, it's not pornography. It might be sexually explicit. It might be exploitative. Uh, but it, it's not – it doesn't rise to the level of pornography. Right. And the, the federal statute is not a pornography statute. Right. So, well, well, this is the key. Right. So, so, and actually, this is not something I talk about in, in the book One Vote Away. But look, the Supreme Court for years uh, engaged in the world of what is pornography, what is obscene, and what is not. I, I, and, I can't and, define it, but I know it when I see it. I, right. That was Potter Stewart's famous test for it, yeah. which, which is I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're great stories. I think Bob Woodward talks about it in The Brethren, where, where they used to have in the 70s, they would have airings of, of porn movies that had been challenged on whether they were obscene or not, and the court would have to watch it to figure out, and it would <laughs> be, I think, in a basement. Um, they, would, they would air them, and, but, but the, I think it's Woodward tells the story of, like, the clerks would be sitting in the back going— I see it. Yep, that's it. I see. I know it. I, I know see it, it and uh, that's yeah. definitely it. As I recall, I don't. I hope I'm not telling tales at a school here. Did Did you watch a, a porn movie once with Sandra Day O'Connor? I, I I did. It's it's one of the things I I talk about it in the book the book as well. It, and, and it was yeah. as awkward. You know, look, you're 26 years old and you're with a woman in her 70s watching like graphic right. depiction. You're like, wow, okay, this is really awkward. But you know, it was even I'm sure weirder and more awkward. Yeah. William Rehnquist and Sandra Day O'Connor dated. That's right. In law school, they I were they reading. were classmates at Stanford. Yeah, he was number one in the class. She was number three. I've always said, you know, I wonder what happened to the poor poor schlub who was number two. He's <laughs> yeah. got to feel like a total loser. Forgotten by history. Yeah. But but not only did they date, so Rehnquist actually proposed marriage to O'Connor in law school. Now she turned him down. She married. She was Sandra Day. She married John O'Connor, um, and it ended up for fifty years. Justice O'Connor and her husband and the chief and his wife were good friends. They socialized together. But imagine for a second, you're in your 70s and your 80s and you're standing in a room with a woman you dated 50 years earlier and there's porn on the screen. <laughs> that was a weird and, and awkward and, moment. And you know it when you see it. And I think this is this is the key here because regardless and, of— And by the way, I'm glad the Supreme Court is out of the business— of assessing whether a particular film is or isn't obscene, that yeah. that that sort of amorphous judgment uh, didn't make any sense for the court to be in it. I think this the First Amendment protects a lot of speech, but what it doesn't protect is abusing kids. That yeah. that, that, that kids are a line that that is just qualitatively different 
from adults. Right. And 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 even even if uh, even if the Netflix argument is right that this doesn't rise to the level of pornography. Actually, frankly, I mean, who knows? The parts that I shut my eyes to, who knows, but I, it doesn't seem that it does. It's it's degenerate filth. It is exploitative. It, and I think it meets the criteria of that it, statute. The, the, the test of the statute is whether it's a visual depiction that involves the use of a minor engaging in sexually explicit yeah. conduct. Yeah. So, look, they could do a documentary on, on child mm -hmm. abuse, on child trafficking. That would actually be quite valuable. A lot yeah. of kids, you know, one of the many problems with, with child porn is many of the kids are trafficked. They're, they're kept yeah. against their wishes. Not only can they not consent, but right. but in in far too many instances, these are kids who who are kidnapped yeah. and trafficked and forced to engage in 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 these acts. And and I think the Department of Justice should investigate whether this violates the law. But I think it speaks volumes that Hollywood thinks it's it's immune from the law. We, that, that 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 the standards that apply to everyone else, Hollywood is exempt from. There is something going on here. You know, there is something in common with the promotion of this movie, Cuties, with SB 145. Uh, I remember when... when and, and let me stop for a second on SB 145. Yeah. So the argument that the California Democrats give in the legislature is they say this is a gay rights issue. And, right, and because a, it's already the case that if it's a heterosexual relationship, 24 to 14 then the offender doesn't need to register right. as a sex it's offender. It's whether someone registers as a sex offender. And, yeah. and, and as I understand it, California law, if it's heterosexual, says they don't have then to. And fine. this yeah. law said if it is homosexual, they don't have to. My view is, okay, the first law is a little bit crazy. Well, if you want to address that and have, have parity, okay, how about if you abuse a child, you register? Yeah. This did remind me of, of an issue that hit Bernie Sanders, your colleague in the Senate uh, back in 2016 and 2020, which is he wrote some very odd essays in the late 1960s, early 1970s. In 1969, he wrote an essay called The Revolution is Life Versus Death, something to that effect, in which he implies that we should normalize child sexual behavior. And it wasn't just Bernie, who said this, this goes all the way back to a, a strange figure named Wilhelm Reich on the, on the left, who in, in the 1930s, he developed this theory of the universe that the whole life force is something called an orgone. And war, cancer, disease, it's all caused, I, I, I feel embarrassed even saying this in front of a U.S. senator, it's caused by people not having enough orgasms. Seriously, this is what he said. And basically, you needed something called an orgone accumulator. Woody Allen later parodied this as the orgasmatron. Very prominent leftists owned these weird boxes. Norman Mailer had one. J.D. Salinger had one. And this very kooky theory pervaded some leftist thought, radical thought, all the way up through the 1970s. And that's what Bernie Sanders was writing about. And frankly, I think it's what we're seeing today. Can I ask you a question, Michael? <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. What the hell do you guys study at Yale? <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm sorry, I, a, I don't know. It's who mandatory this, curriculum. Who now. this <laughs> schmuck Schmidt, whatever his name is, I, I'm I'm not familiar with his writing. <laughs> Professor um, Reich. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, whatever it it. it uh, yeah. Okay, that's weird stuff. <laughs> Well, in, in the remaining couple minutes we have, we, we've touched on Hollywood and the left broadly uh, in all this kind of creepy sex issue. But let's not forget about the creepy totalitarian issue, because while you've got Netflix, you know, not just hosting this, this creepy movie, but, but promoting it, you've simultaneously got Disney coming out and thanking 
the Chinese government, groveling to the Chinese government, even as they say that they might not be able to work in Georgia because Georgia passes a pro-life law. Yeah. So this is the movie Mulan, which, which yeah. um, Disney filmed and did a live action version of the animated film. Uh, and, and they filmed it in the region uh, in China where the Uyghurs are, are held in concentration camps, where they're being tortured, where, where, where they're being murdered. And, and we're talking most estimates are uh, more than a million Uyghurs. Uyghurs are, are an ethnic and religious minority in China. Uh, they're Muslims. And the Chinese government viciously persecutes them. Yeah. Um, so Disney goes and films, presumably right next to the concentration camps. Yeah. And, and the police agency, the, the, and when I say police agency, I mean the Communist Party stormtroopers. Yeah, the police state. Right? Who, yeah. who are abusing and torturing the Uyghurs. Disney thanks them. I, I, I mean, it truly is. So I just joined a group. Um, of I think it's twenty other senators, bipartisan group, yeah. Uh, in in writing a letter uh, to the CEO of Disney, yeah. Uh, asking a whole series of questions about uh, why they were filming uh, in China, what concessions uh, they had to make to the make to the Chinese government, what they knew about about the uh, torture and murder of the Uyghurs, and why they are thanking the totalitarian government engaged in that torture and murder. Yep. And, and we also asked for what communications they had about them. And, and look, we'll see how Disney responds. But it's not complicated. The answer is because of money. I mean, look, yeah. we saw a similar story with the NBA that had a basketball camp in this same region, and they actually had Uyghur teenagers, 14 and 15-year-old boys, being physically abused NBA coaches yeah. knew about it. The NBA knew about it, and they were just fine. Mm -hmm. And whether it's Disney or the NBA, you've got a lot of American companies that, in pursuit of the almighty dollar, are, yeah. are more than happy to kiss up to jackbooted thugs in in the Communist Party in China. Well, then, just to play devil's advocate one more time in the last um, minute or so that we have left, what the left is doing right now is saying on the issue of cuties and on the issue of Mulan that conservatives are hypocrites because conservatives, we, we talk a good game on free speech, but then, you know, we don't like this sexually explicit movie and we don't like Disney, a private company, doing what it wants to do in the pursuit of the dollar. So are we hypocrites or not? Well, uh, no, the laws should apply and the standards should apply fairly and evenly to everyone. So yeah. in, in the world of child exploitation and porn, <laughs> it should be, should be um, obvious. Th that is a uniform standard. Yeah. Doesn't matter what your politics are. You're not in, it, allowed to engage in child exploitation and porn. Um, when it comes to doing business with China, look, I mean, there are, number one, there are U.S. sanctions against certain Chinese entities uh, that that. Disney needs to, to, to be sure it hasn't violated U.S. sanctions law because yeah. that can have real and crushing financial implications. Uh, but look, th there is an element. There are lots of people in, in the media. There are lots of people in the academy that will be apologists for the Chinese communists. And you oh, know what? Yeah. They got a First yeah. Amendment right to do it. I, I, I will happily defend their right to speak out. But you know what I will also do? Happily condemn the garbage they're saying. Yeah. Free speech doesn't mean you're immunized from being criticized for what you say. <laughs> that means you still get to say things. You, right? you get you to still, say yeah. things. Right. And the rest of us get right. to say, why are you supporting and praising and apologizing for and condoning 
jackbooted thugs. And why are you making money on it? By the way, it's the same point I raised about Barack Obama. Why is Barack Obama making $50 million for Netflix when they are distributing materials that are exploiting children? And now that he can make the money from Netflix, Mm -hmm. but people are entitled to ask that question about about what you're choosing to support. Yeah. Uh, and and in particular, whether it violates the federal criminal laws, as in this instance, it may well have. At the same time that these studios are removing Gone with the Wind, one of the most celebrated movies in American history, removing cop shows because it's politically incorrect now from streaming platforms. They're promoting cuties and they're promoting peons to the Chinese government. That is a major cultural problem, and I don't think there's anything hypocritical about about raising it. But, but you know, they, they do have new standards for the Academy Awards now, and, yeah. and they have explicit racial quotas now that yeah. you have to have um, uh, a, a percentage of disadvantaged populations to be eligible for Best Picture. So so I don't know if, if, if like, they're going to have to go back and, and, and remake the Godfather movies. <laughs> well, um, apparently you, too yeah. many Italians. You and I are both, you have more Italian blood than I have, <laughs> but we both have some Italian. Apparently too many Italians in the Godfather. Yep, so yeah. you need to, like, I, I'm not even sure mm-hmm. what the, what they're going to do to make it comply. Are we sufficiently persecuted? I mean, that's a question I, too. Can we maybe win an Oscar? I, don't, I mean, these are... The, the, this brave new political world is really raising a lot of questions. And, and maybe, Senator, uh, in one of these episodes, we can do it live from the Academy Awards, hopefully. Um, a, 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 as long as you promise never never to pose uh, as, as, as Oscar. <laughs> that, that I can uh, promise you. I think that would be uh, exploitative and explicit. Nobody wants to see that either. Indeed. That is our show. Senator, thank you very much. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security PAC plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Ben Ferguson here, and if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. And I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investments to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit Labrador Energy. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more now at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.